All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Bass Place and Protein Shakes. We're going to do some quick recaps on uh, some facts and stuff like that. Uh, some important stuff based on nutrition, around training, uh, busting some myths. So let's get straight into it. Uh, first one, first thing I want to talk about today is a little bit about how many sets we need to be doing per muscle group per week. For This is for the purposes of uh, hypertrophy, for the purposes of building muscle. So if your goal is to build muscle, and that's your primary goal, how many exercises should you be doing per week? How does it work? How do you know if you should be doing, you should be doing five per week, should be doing 10 per week? What's the situation here? So let's go through it and let's, let's talk about uh, the actual logic behind how uh, we set up our programs at Adonis Athletics for our clients, our athletes, who need to put on some size. And uh, let's talk about uh, where all of that comes from and, and why. So the first thing you want to consider is how many sets per week per muscle group. Really, that's what you're looking at. That's what starts to determine how many exercises you do per session and, and how many sessions you do per week and so on. So you need a certain amount of sets per muscle group per week if you want to give it enough stimulus to grow. That total set range goes anywhere between 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week. Now, to give and take, uh, some muscle groups will be slightly less than, than the, the minimum of 10 and the, and the maximum of 20. Some muscle groups will be slightly more than the minimum of 10 and maximum of 20. By the way, the source of this data is, is uh, thanks to Dr. Mark Isretel, uh, who's done very comprehensive work on this uh, particular topic, uh, anything to do with sort of hypertrophy. But for the most part, it's pretty well um, accepted, at least for now, un until something else comes, apart, comes along to sort of uh, change our perception on, on that. So if you're more of a beginner, obviously you're going to get more effect from a lower number of sets from for example 10 or 12 sets for the chest per week and that's exactly what we see especially we're going back you know many years where people would do a traditional bodybuilding split of chest one day back one day legs one day and so on and so on where each major muscle group would get trained one day per week. And typically in a session, so for example, a chest session, it would be three sets of 10 to 12 on the bench press, then three sets on an incline bench press, then three sets on a flat dumbbell press, finishing with like two or three sets of flies, right? That's your classic sort of approach to a session using a traditional bodybuilding split. Now that's four exercises at three sets each, that's 12 sets. Surprise, surprise, that's around the um, bottom, like minimum of what's required per muscle group per week. And unsurprisingly, beginners would get very drastic, very significant improvements based on just a simple approach like that to training. Uh, you know, frequency being just once a week, where they would train a muscle group, uh, sticking to pretty much the bare minimum, 12 sets, and away they go. So 
we know that with pretty much anything, a beginner can get a, a significant amount of results with supremely suboptimal uh, design or, or supremely suboptimal. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, stimulus. That's the word I'm looking for. That doesn't necessarily make it the best way to do things, of course, because just because something gets results doesn't mean it's, it's the best way to do things. We always want to look for better ways to do things and, and uh, ways to make things even better. So some muscle groups need slightly more, as I said, than these numbers, and, and some need slightly less. Now, that comes down to... Um, that comes down to the type of uh, muscle group. So it's a lot of it will come down to its muscle fiber makeup. And also, um, well, I guess a, a lot of it, a huge part of it will come, to, come down to that. And also, uh, a, a bigger muscle group uh, is typically a stronger muscle group. It can, it can generate more force. It can do more damage to itself. So sometimes, uh, relatively speaking, a bigger and therefore stronger muscle group uh, can not take on as much volume per week, right? Just like, the, just like how overall speaking, a stronger person, a person who is bigger and therefore stronger, not necessarily bigger for the sake of being bigger, but bigger and therefore stronger, is going to be able to handle less volume per week, for example, they, because they are going to take longer to recover. Now, all of this is not a, uh, you know, hard set rules. There needs to be a little bit of a experimentation that would happen. So, for example, we know that the range is between 10 to 20, right? And we want to figure out, well, how many sets can we really push this person to uh, before they, they stop recovering from the amount of work we're giving that muscle group to this person, right? within the context of the program, obviously, because uh, we very rarely work out just a muscle group separately on, in of itself. So what you would do is you would start on a more cautious sort of side of things, more cautious level of say, for example, 12 or 14 sets per week. And you would run that and you would see, okay, with say 12 sets a week, recovery is no issue, uh, they feel fine, there's progress, and maybe you would make the decision then to go to 14 sets per week. You run that, you analyze recovery again, and you see, okay, no problems still, still there's recovery, and so on. And you can keep increasing it until you see that at, for example, 18 or 19 sets per week for this muscle group, there is now some issues with recovery. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, objective or subjective markers that the, the athlete or the client is sort of reporting back. And that's where you know that at least for this type of a program, within the context of this program design, and within the context of this person with where they are now in terms of their training age, this is roughly the amount of sets per week that you can give the muscle group uh, that they can do it and still recover from. So, uh, obviously, you don't want to be sort of at this max point all the time. You need to um, 
you need to be aware, you need to give yourself some, some room to breathe, basically, right? If you start the program at uh, the amount of volume that they can almost barely recover from, you have nowhere to really move from there. You want to sort of pull back a little bit and build it up uh, through, through time. You want to uh, go closer and closer in proximity to the, the ceiling of what they're capable of. Just like how in training with your reps, you always want to leave a little bit of room in the tank. And as the weeks go on, intensity would, would go up. Where you would go from having four reps in reserve to three reps in reserve to two reps in reserve and, and one rep in reserve or, or whatever it may be that you, you deem necessary. So as long as you have an idea and remember that as a rule of thumb, you want to be between the 10 to 20. Now, as, as it relates to the people we'd be dealing with most, the people that we are uh, in terms of training age and experience, a majority of the people listening to this are probably early intermediate, mid-intermediate and above. And so for somebody of that training age and experience, 10 sets per week is not going to do anything uh, for progression in muscular development unless you are you're coming off the back of an injury you're coming off the back of uh, a, a long stint of inactivity <laughs> uh, coincidentally something like just right now with the pandemic going on uh, obviously a lot of people have been off training and have, are severely deconditioned so yes for some of us listening to this right now even though your training age you've been training for maybe you know six, eight, ten years, if you have not been able to do anything for the last two, uh, two months, ten weeks, then uh, you are going to be forced to, in fact, train at right around the ten sets per week, per muscle group uh, area. Not only are you not going to be able to go more than that because you're just going to be so sore and deconditioned and, and would even probably risk injury, but your body is now so... Um, hypersensitized to training that even at 10 sets per week, 12 sets per week, you would get some sort of an effect. Uh, obviously, the trade-off is that you're so much weaker than before, but the good news is, is that is going to uh, recover much quicker, but that's for another episode. So uh, you want to just keep that in mind uh, and, and you want to sort of Get a feel for how many sets per week you want to shoot for for yourself or for your client. Uh, and then you would decide how many days per week you're going to train the muscle group. So let's just say you've decided that you're going to do 16 sets per week for, um, for each muscle group, right, for argument's sake. And you know that you want to train each muscle group twice a week. By the way, pretty much across the board, it's been shown that the most uh, effective frequency is two to three times per week. Two is a good rule of thumb to start with. There is, within the context of a hypertrophy program, not powerlifting, it's a little bit different, but hypertrophy program, so a bodybuilding program, a muscle development program, if you're training effectively per session and you're not sort of bound by certain constraints like time or... Um, or injuries, or anything in particular, anything outstanding or out of the ordinary, then twice a week is 
likely going to be more than enough for you to uh, get the results that you need to be getting and the optimal results. So if you're going to, if you've determined that you need 16 sets per week per muscle group, and you're going to train twice a week, you're going to train chest twice a week, back twice a week, legs twice a week, and so on. That means what? Each session probably needs about eight sets. You can skew it either way. You can go uh, seven sets on, on one session and nine in the other or vice versa. But typically, that's probably not how we're going to set up the program. We're just going to divide it up as equally as possible. So you would do eight sets per session. Now, it's up to you to then take that and, and divide that up into how many exercises you want to have um, to make up those eight sets. Are you going to do eight sets of squats? Well, that's unlikely, right? Although you could, it's not something that um, most people would opt for, right? So how, what do you do in, in regards to your exercise selection? Here's the thing. With exercise selection, you obviously don't want to be so um, bland and boring as just doing one exercise, you know, all eight sets on one exercise. For a couple of reasons. One is because that's just going to get really old really fast and you're not going to be able to stick to the program. And adherence is above all else the most important thing. So you don't want, nobody wants to create a program that's just boring to stick to, right? So we want to create something that's fun, that creates, we're using different machinery, different equipment if need be, different barbell exercises, uh, what have you. So that's the first thing. Adherence is the first thing that we want to consider. The other thing is uh, using different exercises and, and different machines and, and stuff like that does allow for a variation in terms of a slightly different angle of movement, the angle of muscular action, and therefore slightly different uh, develop, development within the muscle in, in different parts. Uh, different fibers get get moved through different ranges of motion, and so on. So it is, a, it is a good idea to mix that up. I think the problem comes when people try and put in too much variation. The problem with too much variation is that if you've got uh, eight sets to, to work with, you, can, you would be perfectly fine going, um, for example... Uh, two sets of four on something or a set of four on something and then a set of actually better yet maybe like two sets of three on something and a set of two on something else to finish things off maybe in high reps right any more than about two two to three exercises per muscle group per session and what happens is you're doing too few sets per muscle per exercise so that makes the exercise inefficient let me explain how if you've got only two sets to do for squats, and then after that you've got just two sets of lunges to do, then after that you've got two sets of leg press to do, by the time you get things warmed up and ready to go for squats, and really starting to get in the groove of the squat, you're now done with that. In fact, sometimes you will probably find that it will take you much significantly more warm-up sets to, to get up to the weight that you need to do just for two sets. So it can be an ineffective use of your time in that regard. The other thing is you, you don't end up squeezing all the juice out of one exercise, typically speaking, especially if you're working with slightly lower reps. 
With higher reps, it can definitely be more punishing. But with lower reps, it's a little bit different because you also have, you've got to allow a, a little bit of time for the body's adaptation within that session for the, you know, that groove that you developed within, within that exercise. So if you cut the sets too short, you would have done all this work and you don't really end up getting into that groove. You don't really end up achieving anything from that exercise as much as you could have, right? The other bigger problem is that if you're now using, now you're training twice a week, right? Your frequency is twice a week and you've decided to utilize, say, four exercises for a muscle group for each of those days. That's eight exercises for a muscle group per week. Eight exercises is fairly exhaustive for when you're considering the main group of exercises for a muscle group, the, the go-to stuff, the bread and butter stuff, right? Uh, so when we're talking about the chest, for example, you've got the bench press, incline bench press, uh, close grip bench press, flat dumbbell press, incline dumbbell press, dips. That's all. That's six, right? Um, what else? Uh, you can have a palms facing in dumbbell press. That's seven. So you can see I'm already starting to get pretty exhaustive on the exercises. Sure, as we, if we keep thinking about some of the major ones. I'm talking about the major ones, some bread and butter ones, right? Flies is another one. That's eight. Uh, we would be hard-pressed to find many more than eight, like significantly more than eight exercises. If you want to um, start to invent exercises and just get like really creative and stuff like that, sure, we can keep going. But I'm talking about the stuff that we know that has stood the test of time that, that uh, is you know, fantastic for, for developing strength, for developing muscle, like the bench press, like the close grip bench press, like the incline press, dumbbell press variations and so on if you've picked four exercises or five exercises to do per session and you do that for twice a week that's eight to ten exercises per week now when the time comes to change this program up a little bit to introduce a little bit more variation to change up the exercises you can't really anymore because you've already used up your all your ammunition so to speak you haven't left anything in the tank to be able to go back to. So you just have to be wary of that. You want to you pick two to three, possibly four exercises, possibly. But I think three is that sweet spot per muscle group. And just work on them really hard for that cycle of training. And then you have some room to, to adapt to that, to that exercise, to that movement, to that skill. Get the most out of it in terms of what it can do for you for muscular development and then move on to um, move on to other stuff right so that's a little little uh, quick one on in regards to how many sets per week um, should you be training each muscle group for optimal um, muscular development let's talk real quickly a little bit about protein requirements for weight loss when you're losing weight, you're by definition in a calorie deficit. You must be in a calorie deficit to lose weight, provided you're a, you're a healthy individual, no particular um, medical problems or, or hormonal imbalances, uh, anything like that. I'm talking at a clinical level. 
then the only way to lose weight is by somehow creating a calorie deficit. This means you are burning more calories than you are eating. Now, this deficit can come in a number of ways. I just want to be clear about that. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to only do it by exercising more uh, than you are eating. It doesn't mean that you have to only do it by eating less. It can also come by a way of, for example, having more protein in your diet because protein has a higher thermic effect. And that's one of the reasons why protein has always been a staple in um, most weight loss diets. You know, all, all different types of sort of diets that have come and gone, like the Atkins diet and, and the keto diet and stuff like that. Uh, you will notice that they have, a, all of them pretty much have a pattern, a staple where they are all high in protein. And there's a good reason for that. Uh, you can create that deficit by being more active through the day. Right? So it doesn't have to come from exercise. It can come from non-exercise um, activities that you do through the day. But in any way, shape, or form that you want to look at it, if you, if you want to lose weight, uh, you must be in a calorie deficit one way or another. Now, when you're in a calorie deficit, your body is literally in a state where it's breaking tissue down. It is in a catabolic state. When you're in a catabolic state, you are at a much higher risk of losing muscle. To prevent this, or at least to drastically lower the risk, we want to be having a higher than usual amount of protein. So what's higher than usual? When you're on, a, when you're on maintenance calories or even on, on um, surplus calories, so if you're doing a bulk of some sort and you're trying to put on weight, trying to build muscle, then you would be certainly eating more than you are burning, right? That's the only way you can gain weight and, and, and gain muscle. Obviously, assuming that you, are, uh, you have a strict uh, weight training regimen behind you. So when you're in a calorie surplus or even a calorie maintenance, you are not in a catabolic state. You are, your body is in an environment where in the, in the um, surplus uh, scenario, it's in an anabolic state, and in the maintenance, like in the isocalori isocaloric, um, isocaloric uh, uh, state, you can also be um, in, an, in an anabolic environment, certainly not in a catabolic environment, right? It's not as, of course, it's not as conducive to uh, building muscle as you would be in a um, calorie surplus situation, but uh, it's certainly much more safer in regards to muscular retention. Now, as your calories go up more and more towards maintenance and pass that into surplus, your requirement for protein comes down lower. The reason for this is because, uh, well, firstly, as we just said, you are no longer in a catabolic environment. So you're not in an environment where you're at, at a greater risk of breaking down uh, muscle tissue. When you are in a, in a catabolic environment where you're in a calorie deficit and at a higher risk of breaking down muscle tissue, you want to do everything in your power to make sure that the body breaks down the tissue, but that tissue is, is fat tissue. And, and so basically you are, you are burning fat whilst you're in a calorie deficit. And 
it stays as far away from muscle tissue as possible. That's what we want to make sure of as much as possible. There are a couple of ways you could do that. One is to have carbs and have them at the right time because in a calorie deficit already as it is, carbs are going to be down because calories are down. But what we can do is we can get smart about our carb timing and have carbs during times of the day where there's more demands on carbs. When's the probably the most demand on carbs through the day? When we're about to train. Anytime that there's a high demand of performance on the body, there's going to be a high um, need for, for glycogen. And obviously, the body first turns to, to glucose within the blood and, and, and then muscle glycogen. It breaks that down to, to use that as fuel. And if it's not there, then it will hopefully start to look to uh, body fat stores to uh, sustain it. But if you want good performance during training, uh, you would do well in having uh, some sort of a carb source uh, so that you can maintain as much intensity as possible during that training session. You can go without carbs, but chances are what will happen is you will have a good sustained amount of energy for the first, say, 20, 30, maybe 40 minutes if you're lucky. And then after that, you'll begin to crash and you just feel like you're just not as strong and uh, your performance in training uh, will suffer. Also, obviously, performance in competition if that's how you're going to be performing a sport or, or some kind of a uh, high-intensity physical exertion. So... Uh, by having carbs, what you do is you make sure that during the time of high-intensity exertion, the body has the, f- the most optimal fuel that it needs readily available at that time uh, so that it's, it stays further away from the possibility of um, needing to break down uh, muscle tissue to sustain itself, right? Because it can do that. The other thing that you can do to uh, pre- preserve muscle tissue is, um, is to actually train. So in a caloric deficit, one of the most strongest signals you can give the body to maintain muscle tissue is to actually train. The, the act of training, uh, and, and training obviously with enough intensity, uh, where m- muscles contract uh, the way that it's, it's supposed to in terms of that intensity and for the duration, for the volume and, and whatnot, so all the rest of it, that in of itself is a very strong signaler for the body to, at the very least, hold on to muscle. Obviously, you would get much more um, positive results if you were to couple that with having enough carbs in your system at the time of training, Right? So that, those are two ways that we can sort of hack uh, the body during times of calorie deficit, caloric deficit to be able to hold on to as much muscle as uh, we can maintain. Uh, and if we're lucky, gain muscle. But that's a bit more of a stretch. Now, the third thing that you can do is to make sure you have enough protein. Because the body can't store protein like for use later, um, we, we've got to make sure that we have enough protein through our diet. Now, protein is the literal building block of muscle. So if there's not enough protein, then uh, 
there is less likelihood of it being able to be repaired adequately and um, that can be problematic obviously in of itself. If we make sure that we give the body more than enough uh, protein during times where our calories are down, then we can make sure that there's abundant resources in terms of the building blocks of the muscle. So the body can use it to repair muscle, use it to hold onto muscle, and by doing all of this, we drastically reduce our risk of uh, breaking down muscle during times where we're in a calorie deficit. So normally when we're in a, in a maintenance, about in a, in a maintenance or in a surplus, about 1.8 to 2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight is more than enough. When we are talking deficit, we want to increase that to anywhere between 2.2 to 2.4 grams per kilo of body weight. So start around there, 2.2, depending on how it works and how you feel eating that much protein, you can go up to 2.3 or 2.4. Uh, but but uh, yeah, typically, you wouldn't see anything above uh, the 2.4 mark uh, for the majority of population uh, listening to this and um, just chasing after um, a, a normal deficit. So that's in terms of uh, nutrition um, and, and protein requirements when we are going for, uh, for weight loss. The last thing I want to finish off on is uh, rep ranges in regards to building muscle. So uh, this one's a bit of a myth uh, where people used to think that there is a particular rep range that builds muscle. And anything outside of this rep range, well, it doesn't really build muscle. It either works on strength or it works on muscular endurance and what have you. And, and uh, for a long time, this thought was around. And typically, it was between like 8 to 12 reps. So we would just say anywhere between about 8 to 12 reps would be the rep range that would build you muscle. Anything outside of these rep ranges basically did nothing for building muscle. It's since been shown that muscle can be and does develop in basically all rep ranges. So uh, sets of heavy doubles or triples also goes towards building muscle. And so do sets of 20 reps. But the thing is, when it comes to low reps and therefore heavy weights, they may not be optimal for your muscular development goals. Because to build muscle, you need one thing above all else. And that's volume. If you wanted to do a majority of your work in the one to five rep ranges, it takes a much longer period of time to get the adequate volume you need. Uh, the adequate volume you need to build muscle. Because as weight gets heavier, you have to bring the volume lower to allow for recovery, right? You can't bust out the same amount of volume, the same amount of total reps doing you know, heavy triples. It would absolutely destroy you uh, in terms of recovery. You would have injuries all the time you would um you would just be completely burnt out it's not the correct it's just a very inefficient way to do things because even the set in of itself even if you could do it if you could maintain it is um not as overly completely you know uh totally stimulating to the muscle itself 
whilst sort of preserving the nervous system, if that makes sense. What we want to do is we want to be able to work the muscle through a, a much bigger uh, amount of reps while still being able to keep uh, that sort of that sweet spot intensity there, that sweet spot tension on the muscle, mechanical tension there as well. But volume is above all else the most important thing. Um, now, if the primary aim is, to, is muscle development, uh, then, like I said, volume is, is the thing that we need to, we need to focus on the, the most. But you need to also make sure you are pushing your sets close to failure. Uh, because this proximity to failure is actually very important for muscular development. But the, going close to failure with sets of threes, fours, and fives, obviously, first of all, it's much more demanding on the nervous system and therefore takes longer to recover from. And that therefore means that your volume for the rest of the week or the rest, even a couple of weeks coming is going to suffer. But uh, to... To need to grind out and, and bring set, a heavy set of triples, fours and fives close to failure. I mean, this is, I'm sure you're all thinking it as, as I'm saying it right now. The biggest risk for that is injury, right? Imagine having to, on a consistent basis, bring a heavy set of five reps on deadlifts basically in close proximity to or to failure because sometimes you do need to go to actual failure in, you know, as, as you're cycles progress, it is not a terrible idea to uh, start to push some exercises, not deadlifts, not squats, I'm, I'm talking about simpler exercises, such as, for example, your lat pulldowns, your bicep curls, your tricep movements, and so on, uh, in very close proximity to failure or to actual failure. Uh, that can be a very strong stimulus for muscle growth because muscle fibers need to be um, really truly fatigued for optimal hypertrophy um, improvement. Now, obviously, you would do that smart and you periodize that uh, through uh, the program and uh, you would pick and choose when you would do it and when you would sort of back off to have different type of stimulus in there. And also, um, like I was saying before uh, earlier, you would also want to make sure that there's adequate adherence. Uh, some people probably cannot endure just constant pushing of sets and exercises to failure constantly, one after the other and week after week and session after session, right? Uh, what you could do instead is, uh, you know, in, in the first week, for example, you could bring um, the exercises or maybe the last set of the exercise maybe within two to three reps to failure, say three reps to failure. Then in the following cycle or the following week, you can bring it to two reps, to within two reps to failure, and then to within one rep to failure. So you're, there's always progressive overload in that regards, you know, and there's, that's still enough adequate um, stimulus for there to be growth, for sure. I mean, that's, it's certain. So uh, those are some, uh, some real quick tips in regards to some uh, training concepts, nutrition concepts, and some myths uh, that are around. Uh, this one is uh, 
expanded on from the uh, Adonis Weekly Digest newsletters that go out. If you're not already uh, subscribed to the newsletters, these are weekly newsletters that that uh, go out that covers um, tips on training, on nutrition, uh, on mindset. We we do uh, links to um, videos on technical improvements within the lifts, so common problems and mistakes that people make in the deadlift, in the squat, and everything else in between. And and we bust a, a myth every single week when we put these out. So if you're not already subscribed, you can uh, jump on my uh, jump on my Instagram profile. Go to the link the link tree link in in the profile, and you can click the button. You'll see the button says Adonis Athletics mailing list. Subscribe to that, and you too will get um, a copy of the Adonis Weekly Digest every single week. I'm going to leave with this week's. Mind, mindset uh, quotes by uh, one of my favorites, Seneca. Do not stumble on something behind you. All right, guys. Thank you for joining. That will do it for this week. Uh, stick around. Next week, we'll go through the next digest. Thank you. <laughs>